together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent us on a mission. Lord, you have called us to go and make disciples of all nations. So we get consumed with our own interests, our own schedules, our own busyness. Many of those things are oftentimes very, very good things. And yet, Lord, we often surrender the best things for very good things. Lord, I pray that you would challenge our hearts today to to know that we do stand on Jesus Christ, the solid rock, that he has provided for us all that we need for life and godliness, that you have provided us all that we need to be a healthy church, and Lord, you've also given us all that we need to be a fit church, a church that engages with others, a church that is not simply about, about our own interests, our own desires, and an inward focus, but a focus upon you and a love for others. Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts, stir our hearts to know and to love you, but then the knowing, the knowledge, and the love of you would then overflow into a love for others that would look like service, that would look like love, that would look like help. Lord, thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ that restores us, that transforms us, that gives us hope and changes us. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this time the kids can be dismissed to Children's Church. Uh, the rest of you will open your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew, uh, the book of Matthew chapter 9. If you do not have a Bible, I want to encourage you to use one of the few Bibles. Uh, we are a church that want to be about the Word of God. And uh, if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, you feel free to take one of those few Bibles if you'll use it, right? So though you feel free to take one. We want you to be in the Word of God. As um, we talk about verses, um, passages, if you're new to the Bible and using a pew Bible, this is on page 814 um, in the pew Bible. As you turn there this morning, we're going to this morning, we're going to talk about shepherdless sheep. A bigger title of the message would be a fit church. We've been talking about being a fit church, a church that is on mission, seeking to accomplish what God calls us to. We would say that a fit church seeks shepherdless sheep. The big title this morning, uh, the fit church seeks shepherdless sheep. Now, as we think about sheep, uh, most of us have stereotypes about sheep. And what is what are some of the primary stereotypes that we have about sheep? That they are what? Dumb, all right? And your stereotype is exactly right. Sheep are dumb. They're a dumb animal. When, we were, when I was growing up, I was in 4-H, and we, would, uh, we didn't have sheep and uh, didn't like them, and, but we had to share a barn with them. We had to be in the dairy barn, and the dairy numbers were smaller, and the sheep numbers, they were in the same barn. And we would watch these sheep, and just these... I mean, they're dumb. I mean, this, this, we watched this one sheep for a week. It had a halter on in its, in its pen, and it had to have a pen because it would jump out. And uh, so it needed a halter to keep it in its pen. Well, this sheep has a halter on it, and for a whole week, I mean, just almost constantly, it would try to jump out. I mean, it's, it's, you're tied up, sheep. And it, so what happens if you're tied up and you jump? You jump, and what happens when you come to the end of the rope? You know, and it goes, ah. Bah, kind of noise the whole time and for a whole week we're watching this sheep do that and we're like that is the dumbest animal i've ever seen and as we see that and then we open up our bibles and we see that god compares us to sheep and it's like that doesn't sound very nice but but then we also recognize that what were you originally created from dust 
right? I, this, is a, this is a free note. I was recently listening to something, and this lady was talking about how much God loves us and was talking about that God loves us and how valuable we are as people. And she talked about how the fact that God had appeared to her and demonstrated how he created her and said, God tore a piece of his own heart out to create me. And I wanted to say, you know what? You may think that, but you have a way too high opinion of yourself because God did not tear his heart out to create you. God took dust of the earth and breathe life into it, which would mean if we're just dust, that we are invaluable, that we are insignificant, that we don't matter. But we do matter because God has put his image on us. God does love us. God does care about us. But it's not because we're so wonderful and valuable. It's because our God is that, is he's that loving. But he describes us as sheep. And he describes us as sheep oftentimes because, well, what's a stereotype of sheep that they are? dumb, and oftentimes we are dumb. Isaiah chapter uh, 53, 6 tells us this. It says, all we like sheep, many of you know this verse, all we like sheep have what? Gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray that we have turned to our own way. That, 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 and we think about what is that verse teaching us? That we have this God who's created us, provided us with everything that we could ever want, everything that we could ever need, has promised to guide us, strengthen us, help us, give us direction. He's promised all of that. And yet what do we do? We go find something else. And, 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 and because we're sheep, that's dumb. But that's our nature. We, we stray. We go astray. And, and we look at this, though, that being sheep, going astray, leads us oftentimes to being without a shepherd. And the sheep, being without a shepherd, is a very dangerous place. But we see what is God's heart towards us as foolish sheep. What is, God's, what is His heart towards us? And we see it in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 36. We looked at this a few weeks ago as we introduced this series on being a fit church, and it says this, And when Jesus went through all the cities and villages, this is 9 to 35, And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. As Jesus looked at the crowds, he is seeing their burdens, he's seeing them as harassed and helpless, and he has compassion on them. He's moved by what he sees. And he says to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And as we see this, this picture, what we learn is that, that God has a burden for shepherdless sheep. That God is burdened for those who are wandering, those who are straying, those who are helpless, those who are harassed. God cares about them. And we see this, that, that God cares about this. He has a burden for shepherdless sheep because shepherdless sheep are experiencing the hardship of life. Life is hard. In this passage, it uses these two words, harassed and helpless. As we think about the world that we live in, that, that, that we are 
we, we do live in a world that hurts. There are hurts from our family, hurts from our jobs, hurts from people sinning against us, hurts from just living in a sinful world, that there are hurts all around us, and life is hard. Have any of you come to that conclusion yet? The life's hard. It is hard. And the longer we live sometimes, the harder we realize this is a difficult world to live in. And we know that it's that way because of the brokenness and the sin that that has touched every part of our creation. And yet in the midst of that, we see shepherdless sheep. People wandering just like us, going astray. They're they're without a shepherd. And yet we realize that, that Jesus has compassion on these shepherds. And I would encourage, or these sheep, and we too need to have compassion. Keep your place here in or Matthew 9 and turn over to Matthew chapter 25. Because we realize that, that these sheep, without a shepherd, in many ways we could say this, they're stuck. The wheels are spinning, life is hard, and things are just tough. And, and we realize, though, that the shepherds, these, got, these sheep, need our help. Here would be the point before we look at the text, that shepherdless sheep need our help. Jesus said, pray that to the Lord of the harvest that He would send laborers into the harvest. He is saying, pray to God that He will send people to work in the field. And then He says a few verses after that, He says, He is sending us to the lost sheep. We are to be people who care about lost sheep too. And in Matthew chapter 25, look what it says in verse 31. And I want us to see this, to see the responsibility that we have as followers of Jesus, what responsibility we have towards lost sheep. Look what it says. Chapter 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all of the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people from one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right, but the goats He will place on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, these are the sheep, Come, you who are blessed by My Father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When do we see you, a stranger, and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And he will say, and, and when, when did you see the sick, or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. I mean, look in that passage. Look, in verse 35, he's describing these people. How does he describe them? Hungry? Thirsty? Strangers, naked, sick, in prison, hungry, thirsty. He, he, he sees all this. This is his description of them. This sounds like sheep without a shepherd. There's nobody to care for them. And yet in this passage, because these people that he's talking to, these people he's talking to, they did those things as they did them for other people, for these sheep without shepherds, as he did it for them, they're commended 
Because he says, as you've done it to them, you've also done it to who? To, to him. By serving others, we're serving Jesus. And he lays this out for us to realize that, to us to see that shepherdless sheep need our help. The king blesses them because of this. But let's read a little further. And he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And he will answer saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And in this passage, this is a sobering passage for us to read, because this passage is telling us, says, telling to us, if I am genuinely a follower of Jesus, I truly belong to Him and will inherit the kingdom of God, what will I be doing with others? I will be seeking to shepherd them. I will be seeking to feed them and clothe them and visit them and help them in their time of need, strengthen them. Those are things that I will do. But he says over here, if you don't do those, this trouble. You don't do those, you're separated from him. And, and I see, we see this because we realize that these, shepherd, these sheep need shepherds, and yet the problem is that shepherdless sheep are vulnerable. They're, they're kind of left out in the wilderness. Why? Because of selfish servants. Because there are people that, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about those sheep. That's somebody else's job to worry about those sheep. I'm not going to visit them. I'm not going to strengthen them. I'm not going to feed them. I'm not going to clothe them. But I'll pray that somebody will. And we realize that this is a significant condemnation that God gives to these people. And I want us to see, look with me now back in the book of Ezekiel, the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, chapter 34. This is on page 722 in the Pew Bible. And I want to see this connection between these shepherds in the Old Testament and what we're called to be and who we're called to be as followers of Jesus. And I want to see this connection for us to recognize that a fit church seeks shepherdless sheep. That a fit church is pursuing those who are hungry and thirsty and naked and hurting and helpless and harassed. That that, 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 that is what we're called to do. In Ezekiel 34, verse 1, it says this, And the word of God came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. So there are people in Israel whose responsibility it was was to be helping the sheep. And I would believe that looking at the passage that we just looked at, that this could also apply to us because we have a responsibility to be serving as shepherds to one another and to other people. And he says this, Prophesy and say even to the shepherd, thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, you who have been feeding yourselves, should you not feed the sheep? You eat of the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep? 
The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the, in, the, the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over the mountains on an every high hill. My sheep were scattered all the, over the face of the earth with none to search or seek them. As we listen to this passage and we listen to Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, as he saw the crowds, he had compassion. They were harassed and helpless, harassed and helpless. People that were weak, sick, sick injured, straying, lost. Why? They're sheep without a shepherd. But Jesus was concerned about them, the same concern we see here in the Old Testament. And we would look at this and we would see the summary of what was going on with these shepherds and what was the problem with them. And in summary, I would say that these sheep, these shepherds were fat, selfish, and lazy. Okay, we've got shepherds that are fat, selfish, and lazy. So in my mental imagery, I have these sheep who are scattered all over this hillside. I mean, they're not bunched up, but they're scattered all over the hillside. There's a cliff over here. There's a running river over here. The water's running real fast. There are a couple little wolves in the shadows over here. And we see these sheep, but, and they're thin, and they're emaciated. Some of them are like limping, and they're hobbling along. Their fur, their fur, their wool is all nasty and matted. And these sheep are just look horrible. And we have a shepherd sitting on his rock up by his little tent, and he is fat. And we have the carcasses of extra sheep over here that he has been eating. We see him selfish. He, he has no vision for those. He doesn't see those sheep out there. And he's lazy because when he does see a problem with them, he's not getting up to do anything. And as we would look at that scene, we would be appalled, just like I believe God is as he's describing these shepherds. They're fat because they feed themselves. Selfish, they clothe themselves. Lazy because they don't seek the sheep. In the context of our Fit Church series, this would be tied to what we saw in 1 Peter about those who are not adding to their faith, they become useless and ineffective. They become unfruitful, useless. And as we consider that, it is a challenge to realize that these shepherds are so inward focused that they don't give any concern to the needs of anyone else other than them and those who are in their tent. And as we would see this, I hope that we too, like God, like Jesus, would see these sheep without a shepherd and be appalled at this. But before we're too critical with the shepherds, it might be wise for us to consider ourselves. To consider ourselves about how we may be like these kinds of shepherds. That shepherds who we are focused on our schedules, our needs, our priorities, and our desires our interest, our time, and our resources, our lives, making sure that we are being fed, making sure that we are clothed, making sure that, that we are comfortable, ensuring all of that. 
And oftentimes, even when we come to church, we can easily focus on ourselves and making sure I'm being fed and my, I don't lift my eyes to, to see others who may be hurting and suffering. It's very easy for us to shrink the world down to ourselves. And in this passage, it is teaching us that these shepherds are taking care of themselves and neglecting those who are hurting and lost. And we would look in our community and look, are there people all around us who are hurting and lost? And we would certainly say they are. And the thing that we realize as well, that, that, that just as these passages would talk to us, that the, the sheep are described as weak, sick, injured, straying, and lost. That describes our world. That describes the world at the time of Jesus. That's why Jesus was burdened. That's why he had compassion, because his eyes were opened and he saw people that were weak and sick and injured, straying and lost. And he, like us, knows that many of them are weak, straying, lost, all, many of them because of their own choices. Their own foolish rebellion against God. Their re refusal to make choices that are different that lead them that way. But that doesn't change the situation that they're in. Many of them are in those situations because of their choices. But many of them are in those situations just because that's what they've experienced. That's what they know. They're lost. And, 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 and when you're lost, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter why you're lost. You need to be found. And the question for us is, do we, do we care? As we would look at this passage closely in verses 5 and 6, we see the word scattered three different times. They're scattered, they're scattered, they're scattered. And look what it says in verse 5. So they were scattered, why? Because there was no shepherd. In verse 6, my sheep were scattered and they wandered all over the place, the mountain and every, every hill, high hill. My sheep were scattered. We see people just scattered, living on their own terms over the face of the earth with no one to search or seek them. I, I read that passage, and it, it in some ways gives me chills about Crawfordsville, Indiana, Montgomery County. If Jesus visited us and he looked in our community and he looked, would he possibly say that? I'm harassed. I see that there are sheep without a shepherd. They're harassed and they're helpless. They're weak. They're sick. They're naked. They're hurting. But no one's seeking them. And it's a challenge because we think about us as a church. Are we seeking? And apart from, are we as a church, are we as believers, are you as a believer seeking anyone? I'm guessing that you open your front door and you look out and there are lost sheep within your view. You drive to church this morning and buy all kinds of houses, drive by all kinds of houses. You're, you go to work and look around and I'm guessing that you see people who are lost, hurting, and what do do we do we care? I mean, as we see this, it, the, the burden that God has for this, but well, let's look on in verse seven to see what what his response is to this. It says, "Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord, surely because my sheep have become prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts." 
since there is no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but, my, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because I am, behold, I am against the shepherds. I am against the shepherds. And I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding of the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from the mouths, from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. As we see God condemning, criticizing them. And it says that he is against these shepherds. That sounds very familiar to what we read in Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, we saw, uh, when did we feed you? When did we see you and not feed you? When did we see you hungry and not give you something to eat? When did we see you thirsty? Because in that passage, we would say the idea was, if I saw Jesus suffering, I'd help him. And that's the point. Jesus saying, listen, you see others and you help them, you're helping me. You see others and you're serving me. And in the context of this, we see that God is against them. And it's a challenge to think, what, what would God say to us? If he knocks on the door at 2000 Traction Road, what would be his evaluation? What would be his evaluation if he knocked on your door? Seeking sheep. Responsibility for us to go and make disciples. As we look at this, we should be burdened for this. I mean, I would ask the question, what is the name of someone you are feeding with God's truth? What is the name of someone that you are loving with, very, with hands-on practical ways? Who is someone, who is, what is the name of a lost sheep that you are seeking? or at least praying for? Are we diligently pursuing the sheep? God has saved us. God has called us to be laborers in the field. He has called us to to seek, to go. Are we doing it? As we continue in our passage, we see what's God's response to this. And it's it's an amazing response. And as I read this passage, here I want to give you an assignment as I read it. I want you to count all the times how many personal pronouns show up, specifically the word I. Okay, got your assignment? I'm going to read, count the number of I's. Not E-Y-E, not what you see with, but I, personal, okay? For thus says the Lord, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on the day of the clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and uh, and bring them to their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and all the inhabited places of the country. And I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel and that their grazing land. And there they shall lie down in good grazing land And on rich pastures they shall feed in the mountains of Israel. 
I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make with them lie down, declares the Lord, and I will seek the lost, I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat of the strong I will destroy, I will feed them in justice. Okay, count. Okay, 14, 15, depends on how you count them, right? Okay, so that is six verses, 14 times. That's an average a little over two a verse. What do you think is the idea that God wants us to learn from that? He's going to do something. He's looking at this this situation that is bad, and what's God going to do? He's like, listen, they're not doing it. I'm going to take initiative. I'm going to do this. Why? Because what we saw in the heart of Jesus. Jesus looks at the crowds, and he sees the people who are harassed and helpless, and he sees them as sheep without a shepherd, and he has compassion on him. We, We have a God who overflows with compassion. A God who overflows with love. As we see in our outline here, that shepherds are vulnerable because of the selfish sheep. We see that God is going to rescue His sheep. He is going to rescue them. He takes the initiative to meet the needs of His flock. He says He's going to do it. And then look a little further down in your passage. How is He going to do this? And so we hear, okay, God's going to do this. How is He going to do it? Let's read a little further, down in verse 22. I will rescue my flock, that they will no longer be prey, and I will judge between the sheep and the sheep. And he says this, listen, I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, I the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I'm going to do this. Servant David, he's going to be a shepherd. But we thought, wait a minute. You said you're sending a servant David who's going to shepherd it, but I thought you said you're going to do it. I, I, I. Well, which is it? Let's look a little further in chapter 37. In chapter 37, we see some more hints of what God's going to do and taking initiative in this. Chapter 7, verse 24 My servant David will be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd. They shall walk in my rules and be careful to obey my statutes. They shall dwell in the land that I gave my servant Jacob, where your fathers lived. They and their children, their children's children, shall dwell there forever. David, my servant, shall be prince over them, and I will make a covenant of peace with them. And, I, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will set them in their land and multiply them. And I will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. My dwelling place shall be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel and my sanctuary is in their midst forever. Okay, so what do we see in all this? We see God says, I'm burdened. These, are, these sheep don't have shepherds, and the shepherds are failing. What does God say? I'm going to take initiative to do this. What am I going to do? I'm going to send a shepherd, one who is David, one who is a king, one who is a prince, one who is God. That sounds an awful lot like somebody we read about later in the Bible, doesn't it? 
Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Who is God? Who is the offspring of David, the fulfillment of the, the, the Davidic covenant that was made in the book of 2 Samuel, 5, 2 Samuel 7? That Jesus is a fulfillment of that. Jesus is going to come onto the scene and He is going to be as God Himself. He is coming to seek and to save the lost. He is coming to seek and to save the lost because... Turn with me to the book of John. I know we're looking at a number of verses, but this is really good stuff, all right? John chapter 10. In your pew Bible, this is on page 896. So the shepherd that's coming is going to be God. He's going to be David. He's going to be a king. He's going to be a shepherd. He's going to be a prince forever. He is going to establish an everlasting covenant. And as we, with that in our background, we come to John chapter 10, verse 11. And as Jesus is coming on to the scene, he says this, I am the what? The good shepherd. Why do we need a good shepherd? Because all we like sheep have gone astray. Why do we need a shepherd? Because we are lost. We are harassed and helpless. That we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Why do we need Jesus? Because even as a believer, I fall short of, the, of, of what I can do to measure up to God. I need Jesus. We need a good shepherd to feed us and strengthen us and to help us, but also equip us to be the shepherds that we're called to be. And so he says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd does what? Lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. He has laid down his life for us, for the sheep. He is the good shepherd who, who, who fulfills all the failures of the shepherds in Israel. He is the shepherd who fulfills all of the failures of us. He is the good shepherd because he has come, Scripture says, to seek and to save the lost. And who does that benefit? Listen, this is, this is about us. I mean, Jesus has come to seek and save the lost. That we are weak and helpless, hungry, thirsty, and we can't satisfy any of that on our own. And yet what has God done? God has provided for us a good shepherd. Our straying, our wandering, He has come to, to draw us back and to bring us to Him so that He is the great shepherd. And, and, and that, that, that this is what we need as, as, as an unbeliever this morning. If, if you don't know Christ, there is a shepherd, somebody who wants to shepherd your soul, who will keep you from wandering and feed you and satisfy you in ways that you could never have imagined being satisfied. And He'll do it forever. And so we, we, we need this. We need to surrender to this good shepherd. But as believers too, we need him to be our good shepherd to continue to lead us and to provide for us when we fall short as believers. And we do fall short because we don't love our neighbor as we should. We're not feeding the hungry like we should. We're not coming alongside those who are lost like we should. We fall short in that. And rather than just beating ourselves up over that and thinking, man, I'm a miserable failure because I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm allowing sheep to go shepherdless and, I, I, I'm, and I, I think I'm guilty before God of that. Well, you probably are. And, and, but yet God will forgive you for that. 
He will forgive and cleanse. That's the beauty of the gospel. That the scripture tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when we do business with God and seeking cleansing and forgiveness, that we have this fresh start. And we realize, what am I going to do with this? That God's given me newness. What will I do with this? You see, the beautiful thing is, as we begin to hear Jesus as our good shepherd and begin to follow him, we begin to confess like David did in Psalm 23. We begin to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. He meets all of my needs. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's our good shepherd. And he is the good shepherd that invites us to cling to him for cleansing, to come to him for strength that he will provide for us. And when we put all of this together, we begin to realize that God calls us, that God calls us. These are a few notes we missed. Get these on your notes. But as God is going to come and rescue his sheep through Jesus, He promises to provide us with a shepherd. And Jesus is this good shepherd who lays down his life for us. But when we see this, we see that God calls us to reflect the good shepherd in our pursuit of sheep. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have been called to the work of ministry. You have been called to love others as God has loved you in Christ. He calls you to have a burden for the lost to seek them, to look for them, to help those who are hurting. When we see those who are suffering, so that we would be burdened and have a concern for them, that we have a responsibility to seek lost sheep. And, And I would ask the question, who are you seeking? I would ask, I would encourage you right now to write down the name of somebody that you know is lost and that you would love to see saved. And I would encourage you to write their name down and start praying. Pray for them. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel with them. Pray. And then begin to think, how can I begin to pursue them? We have a responsibility to seek the lost. And so often those lost are rubbing shoulders with us regularly. Are we seeking? We also recognize that we have a responsibility to serve others selflessly. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom. I would ask, how are you selflessly serving others? Who are the people near you who need to be served? 
that, that are hurting, that are harassed, who are helpless, they're hopeless. Who, who can you serve? We also see that we have a responsibility to love others, not merely in word, but to love them in deed. It's not enough to say, I'll pray for you, brother, which I want to encourage that. But how can you draw near and offer real help and real hope to those who are hurting? Well, as we look back at Matthew chapter 9, I want us to end there. Let's turn back to Matthew chapter 9. In verse 35, it talks about the ministry of Jesus. And it says in Matthew 9:35 that Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God and healing every disease and every affliction. I want to say this. I think if we could look around this church building and look around the faces in here, that we could look around here and say that in a spiritual sense, Jesus has done this for us. That we would look and we would see each other to know we've been lost, we've been hurt, we've been harassed, we have been helpless, we've been hopeless, but Jesus has healed me. That Jesus has given me new life, that He has, he has done incredible things for me that, that I can't even hardly, I can't count them all. That we see that Jesus has done this for us. And so we see that Jesus is doing that in those villages. And yet as he looks beyond where he's already healed, he looks beyond them and what does he see? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And as we look at ourselves and we give God praise and thanks for his work in us, that we would look beyond us. And then we would see what Jesus sees, and we would see people who are helpless and harassed, that they're sheep without a shepherd. And then we would hear Jesus then in verse 37 pray, the harvest is plentiful. Why is the harvest plentiful? Because the crowds are so big. The number of people who are helpless and harassed and hopeless is so big, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There are few shepherds going to seek and to save. Therefore, pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And before you say, I'm going to do that and stop, look what happens next. He calls his 12 disciples in verse 1. He goes on then in verse 5 and says to them, the 12 he sent out, he sent out. What's that mean? Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send workers. And then what's he turn around and do? Sends them out. What's that mean for us? We've already been sent. We're sent ones. And that we would pray, God, certainly send others, but God, help me to be an answer to my own prayer. That I would go. That I would love others. We conclude this morning, I want us to recognize the big idea. Our God cares about lost sheep. And every one of us should say, praise God for that. Because all we like sheep, we're doing what? Going astray. And the shepherd of our soul has sought us and brought us to him. We'd also realize and we'd ask ourselves, are you praying for laborers to go into the harvest? 
Are you willing to go into the harvest, to take the gospel, to seek others, to think, who can I come alongside of and love? Who can I put my arm around and help? Who in my circle of friends could could use some extra love and extra help? How can I draw near to them and, and, and help them in practical ways, but then also talk about the gospel? Are you reflecting the work of the good shepherd? How can you do this? How will you do this? I want to encourage you to the bottom of your notes or some questions and things for you to think about. But as we receive our morning offering this morning, I want to encourage you to be thinking about who those who are weak and sick and injured, those who are straying, those who are lost, those who are helpless, those who are harassed, and ask yourself, do I care? And what will I do? Well, if our men will come, we'll pray and receive our morning offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace. Lord, I pray that you would help us to recognize that we have responsibility as those who have been found, as you have sought us and found us as believers in Jesus, that we would rejoice in that, that we would overflow with gratitude and never and never grow tired of the fact that you have saved us. But Lord, you would also raise our attention and raise our love and raise our burden for those who, are, who remain lost, who are helpless and harassed those who are sick and weak and injured and straying, that we would love others, that we would love them wisely with grace and truth. God, stir our hearts. Help us to have a burden to go and the boldness to go and to put this into action and actually begin having conversations and practically loving others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.